You're about to enter the most electrifying NFL talk show you have ever experienced. From up-to-the-minute news and notes to... Uh, who am I kidding? It's a wrap. Let's try this again. It's the After Further Review Podcast with Connor Forrest. Want to get involved? Send us an email to mailbag at connorforrest.com. For your questions to be read on air. Sean, to a T, Mother Nature is literally working her way through the season. So as the sun sets tonight, the first official day of fall is tomorrow. Our high got up to 84. The high tomorrow on the first day of fall is going to drop all the way into the low 70s. I don't know if you've checked the weather recently, but we are just straight up. When I say Mother Nature has turned the page on summer, she just cranked down the temperature a good 10 degrees on the average for the next week. Have you have you noticed that? Did you take a look at the weather? I have. I, I did, actually. Um, I did notice that that uh, there's going to be a little bit of rain tonight, although it doesn't look like it. Yeah, sure, um, sure does. At least doesn't. out where I am. And it was just going to get cooler from there, which I like. It, it, you know, when it starts feeling like football weather, that's uh, that's the best time of year. Like, I'd say good football weather is sweatshirt season. When you, mm. when you have to put on a sweatshirt, that's you know 60 mid 60s upper 50s that's perfect right there well all you know all that fun stuff we we fell victim a couple times when we would work high school football games um we would set up broadcasts for high school football games and by you know afternoon time by the time you got to october this is a very classic thing that happens on the east coast um especially in this mid-atlantic region where in october the leaves are all changing. You get the real bright foliage. You know, you're you're definitely the highs are in the 60s for the most part. You know, 50s at some points. Um, it's not quite cold yet, but the difference between the daytime temperature and the nighttime temperature are. I mean, it it'll drop 25, 30 degrees, um, and it's ridiculous. Like, and you don't even see it coming. So we would set up for high school games at like 3:30 in the afternoon. It would be like 62, 63 degrees, and we'd be feeling good. You know, I'm, I'm, maybe we'd have, before we changed into, like, a polo or something, we would have, like, a hoodie on, and then we'd have shorts on. And then by the time the game was over, and we're wrapping up the equipment, it's, like, 38 degrees. It, like, would drop all the way down, and you'd <laughs> be, right. like, and then all of a sudden, we'd be, like, oh, God, I'm, I'm going to pass away and die. Um, so, that happened a lot. So, I'm, I'm, I think now that those days are over, hopefully we don't get caught in that. But, but you know me, Sean. I mean... I'm a lizard. I'm I'm happiest when it's hot. So I do love a good sweater. I do love a good outdoor fire. I like a nice, you know, cold cider and, you know, the the fall decor is going up in the forest house. So, you know, we're excited. Don't get me wrong. I, I do I, I, I'm excited for fall. I'm all in on the pumpkin spice stuff. I'm I'm all in on the on the flavors and the and the colors of fall, but you know, when you start getting into cold weather territory, you, you start losing me. 
you start losing me. Uh, you just start getting into the illnesses. You start getting into the dry skin. The, oh, I'm going outside and I'm going to be in pain. Or, oh, I'm going to put the trash can to the end of the driveway. Now i got to put on 72 layers so I don't pass away and die. Um, so that, that's coming slowly but surely. But we're not quite there yet. We're not quite there yet. Um, we're getting there, but uh, but not quite yet. Shawnee, how the hell are you, buddy? You doing well? I'm doing well, man. Patriots win this week, so it makes the week a little bit better. Yep, I'm on the opposite spectrum. My week has been just <laughs> slightly right. worse. <laughs> yep, just slightly worse in the worst way possible, but uh, we will get into everything after further review returns. Thank you so much for tuning in wherever you are on this spinning rock. Connor Force alongside Sean Alette. Week two is in the books. We're going to jump into everything week two. Um, uh, really, Sean, I, I can't... I can't recall a week of comebacks quite like this week. Um, now, it's tempting to say it each week, like that was a great slate of games. The NFL just just is a gift that keeps giving. I mean, it just it it is it is. I always say to people, it's the best reality TV out there. It, it's the most real. It's so exciting. The stories just write themselves, and week after week, like the good, the bad, the tragic, the, all the news just make it um, so unbelievably entertaining. And I mean, you could do podcasts, which people do. Every day for hours a day on the NFL. Um, but this past weekend was a wacky slate of games. I mean, a crazy, crazy slate of games um, I'm excited to dive into. I mean, I'm, I I know last year we had a couple a couple weekends where we'd come into the studio and be like, oh, this is, this is how are we going to do this in an hour? But, I mean, can you think of a, another weekend of football quite as kind of crazy as this past one was? I don't think so. I really don't. It was really, really something to watch. Um, the comebacks, the 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 almost comebacks. I mean, it was it was a wacky week um, of football. So um, so we're gonna dive into everything. We're we're just gonna head head first, uh, swan dive right in this thing. We'll put our uh, our little flippers on, put the goggles on, put our feet at the end of the diving board, and just swan dive right into this. Um, before we do that. Just a quick reminder to uh, follow us on social media at After Further Review Pod on Instagram. Um, Shawnee is uh, as good as it gets on social media with the memes and the and the uh, and the trolling on social media. It's just amazing. Um, but uh, we have a great crowd of followers over there. So uh, jump jump on board, man. The train is the train is in station. So jump on board. Uh, hit follow. Tell your friends. Um, and always subscribe. Five star review. Now, I want to keep remembering to push that. Sometimes I forget to do that. But continue to subscribe and, and download and share it with friends. It's uh, it's so wonderful uh, to see week after week how many new listeners are kind of jumping in and um, telling us how much they enjoy the show and, and some of you taking the liberties to tell me how much I suck. So I appreciate all of it. Let's be perfectly clear. Um, but remember to keep following us on social media as well. Um, Sean, am I missing anything before we get into week two? No, let's get into it. Let's do it, man. Where are we starting? All right, we're going to start with that Thursday night game, the Chargers at Arrowhead against the Chiefs. Chiefs end up getting the win 27-24. Uh, Justin Herbert got really beat up in that game. Over your thoughts? Yeah, isn't it funny now that we're – I mean, we're recording this on Wednesday, uh, September 21st, right? So so you're going to hear this on Thursday. This is your Thursday episode. But literally, it's almost been a calendar week since Thursday Night Football. So kind of looking back, you're like, wow, it feels like – a decade and a half ago. Uh, but the Chiefs did survive this one. A crazy, crazy game. Very entertaining. Exactly what you thought it would be. Um, Jalen Watson's pivotal 99-yard pick six um, was the difference in this game. Because, Sean, to me, it felt like the Chiefs just kind of hung on and survived. Uh, Justin Herbert was battling through. Looks like cracked cartilage in his rib. 
is what the report is. So he'll be day-to-day. It's not uh, broken bones or any of that. So he is day-to-day. It will be a pain management thing. You'd have to imagine he'll be wearing some sort of flex pad. But offenses on both teams were just kind of churning. Um, the Chiefs were able to really get Clyde Edwards a layer going on the ground. Um, Patrick Mahomes, a uh, pair of touchdowns, about 235 through the air. So nothing crazy for Pat Mahomes. Um by his standards, but the Chiefs did hang on there. I mean, it really felt like the Chargers were going to walk away with this game, um, but it was just that uh, pivotal Jalen Watson turnover. Um, one of the few, uh, it looked like a miscommunication than necessarily a bad throw, but um, a, a tough break for Justin Herbert, and uh, that was really all she wrote. That was the difference. Um, he really played through, uh, you know, Justin Herbert did, um, played through some very obvious pain. I mean, you could tell from from points in in that fourth quarter you just kind of watched them like this guy is in a ton of pain but battled it out uh 334 through the year on three touchdowns i couldn't really get austin eckler going but mike williams a buck 13 a touchdown through the air um for the chargers um and that's uh that's that's all she wrote chiefs at arrowhead um they go to two and oh the chargers um fall short by a field goal but uh you'd have to imagine we'll be seeing this uh this matchup again uh some point in the postseason all right, here is the first big comeback of the week. It was the Dolphins at the Ravens. The Dolphins end up getting the win. They are now 2-0 and on the year. The Ravens fall to 1-1. and It was a 42-38 to win for Miami. Tua Tagovailoa. I said that wrong. Tua Tagovailoa. There we go. See, that's a tough one, Connor. It's a really tough uh, one. He ends up throwing six touchdowns, two interceptions. I mean, what what a game. That that was a really, really fun one. Dude, it was remarkable. And by the way, I, I love when people are able to say Tua Tungavailoa. They're able to say it. So what they do is they just say it over and over again as if they're about to get an award for it. Like, I can't believe how many times I'll be watching a postgame show. Um, I feel this way, Sean, about people who have, like, three last names. like Or, or like, the... The hyphenated last names, so the two last names and, and the and the one first name, so the Donovan Peoples Jones or Clyde Edwards Alaire. Like, I can't tell you how many times broadcasters just love saying those three names just over and over and over again. It's like, all right, dude, I get it. Congrats, like you went to broadcasting school. You're you're, you're very talented. Uh, anyway, I don't even know where I was going with that. Dolphins and Ravens. Uh, this was a in, the, the, Sean. This was an insane game. I mean, it was absolutely insane, and and this was going on at the same time the Commanders game was going on. So I kind of would flip. It was our local game here, um, so it was on that CBS affiliate. Thirty-five to fourteen lead for Baltimore. A thirty-five to fourteen lead, um, and it was a forty-two to thirty-eight uh, finish, which is just ridiculous. Um, Jalen Waddle uh, and Tyree Kill, uh, a duo in this league that is going to set so many problems. Um, for defenses, uh, the Dolphins at two and zero. This is officially a story. This is officially a story. Tua Tagovailoa, four hundred and sixty nine yards and six touchdowns uh, through the air. Tyree Kill almost two hundred yards, a buck ninety two touchdowns on eleven receptions. Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle are the first two receivers to go for ten catches and one hundred and fifty plus yards in a game on the same team. That's the first time that's ever happened, uh, and it happened on Sunday. Uh, Raheem Mostert on the ground, 51 yards. He was able to kind of ground and pound it away. Lamar Jackson had an incredible game as well. 318 and three touchdowns uh, through the air. Added 119 yards on the ground with a touchdown on nine attempts. Um, Rashad Bateman over 100 yards and a touchdown as well. So really both offenses were just clicking, but it it was the Dolphins that kind of took this uh, momentum train, and that's really the biggest thing 
in so many of these games that you watch, it's the momentum train that these teams just can't stop. Uh, the Dolphins got on and just didn't look back. Baltimore really let this one slip. It really ended up just being the hot team ended up winning here. But these are these are both teams that are going to obviously. Uh, I know Sean, you don't like to hear this, but the, these two teams have um, the postseason in their future. Um, it just feels like the Dolphins are for real this time. I mean, with the tools they have, and so much of the conversation this offseason was, what is Tyree Kill going to do to this offense? Like what? are the Dolphins going to look like with Tyree Kill? Um, and so many of the questions was, I, well, it depends on Tua. You know? and, and in this game, it was funny. He had a couple really inaccurate throws. He was grounding balls, just kind of was, was missing a few things, but he just stuck with it, and those guys elevate Tua um, to a degree where I think the Dolphins are going to be dangerous. So 2-0, and Dolphins go up to M&T Bank Stadium and fly back to a much better state than Maryland um, and uh, come home with a win. Yeah, yeah, really, really impressive game for Miami. Um, and, and they're definitely giving the Bills a run for their money in that uh, early AFC East race, and it'll be interesting when those two square up this week. All right, Jets and the Browns in Cleveland. This was another comeback. We have the Jets winning this one 31-30 after being down, correct me if I'm wrong, 13 points uh, with I think a minute and a half or so left in the game. Um, yep. And thanks to uh, Joe Flacco, a, a fabulous deep ball to a wide open receiver. I can't remember exactly who it was. Uh, Jets got within uh, a score, then got the onside kick, and then a uh, little Joe Flacco late career uh, game winning drive. And and here we are. the uh, The Jets go to one and one, and the Browns fall to one and one on the season. Yeah. Uh, what were your thoughts on this one? Yeah, this this one was was uh, this one was. Uh, just unbelievable. Like this was, I think, probably the craziest comeback um, of the weekend in, in my eyes. And I mean, there was, there was. Trust me, there's plenty to get into. Um, we'll fill in some gaps here for you, Shawnee. Thirty to seventeen was the score with a minute and twenty-five to go. Corey Davis was that receiver on a sixty-six yard touchdown, a wide open, just total busting coverage. And again, it just felt like this was kind of a hail mary throw. And all of a sudden, you look around and there is nobody near Corey Davis. He just moonwalks his way right into the end zone. An onside kick gives them the ball back, and now they're within six because the Browns had missed an extra point, and the game is now within six. And it was Joe Flacco to Garrett Wilson in the final seconds that was the thing that put them over. Now, Joe Flacco, I had completely gone after in the last podcast, and quite frankly, I think everybody did. Um, and he just proceeded to say, I will be the number three overall quarterback in yards so far this year. I'm going to give you the top three quarterbacks in yardage uh, thrown so far through two weeks of football. Tua is number one, Carson Wentz is number two, and Joe Flacco is number three. Again, Sean, I don't know what planet we're living on, and I part of me is wondering <laughs> if the end of the world is actually coming. Uh, if you do read the Bible, weird things start happening. So honestly, I'm, I'm starting to prepare myself. Um, but just a, a fantastic weekend. For Joe Flacco, who, you know, again, he's stepping in. He's just trying to hold hold, uh, hold his ground uh, until uh, Zach Wilson comes back. But 307 through the yards, uh, four touchdowns. Garrett Wilson, over 100 yards receiving with two touchdowns as well. Um, he is just a force to be reckoned with. Nick Chubb, a hat trick of touchdowns. He had three touchdowns for the Browns with 87 yards. Jacoby Brissett with a touchdown, uh, 229. Amari uh, Cooper had over 100 yards receiving with nine receptions. Finally got him involved. He was not a factor at all week one. 
Um, but the Browns finally got him involved. He added a touchdown as well. Um, not sure what this said for either of the teams, but, man, Robert Sala has clearly got those guys playing, and uh, they're playing hard for him. Uh, and, look, if the Jets can kind of keep afloat and Zach Wilson can come back and, and, and kind of pick up the reins and, and utilize some of those tools they have, uh, the Jets might be forming something here. But uh, really remarkable comeback, crazy story to watch from First Energy Stadium in Cleveland, Shawnee. Yeah, really, really great game and a devastating loss for the Browns. If they want any hope of going to the postseason or being in postseason contention when Deshaun Watson gets back, uh, it's games like these that they they had to win and uh, they were unable to. So uh, definitely devastating for Cleveland. All right, I know you don't want to talk about it, Connor. Washington in Detroit. 36-27 win for the Lions. Yeah, yeah. Th- this was just a bloodletting, and it was so unfortunate to watch. Um, Washington were down 22 nothing at one point, and, I mean, they couldn't get – I mean, Shawnee, when I say it was one of the worst performances of a first half that I've, I've ever seen from this team, honestly, and that's saying a lot because I've seen some really bad performances, um, they couldn't muster up a first down until the waning minutes of the second quarter. I mean, this offense couldn't, couldn't do anything. Um there were two things that stood out in this game on the commander side that I thought was just really stunning. Was one, the regression at the offensive line. I mean, the offensive line was so awful in the first half of this game. And really, to me, it's what, what led them to um, falling behind so quickly and not being able to do anything. I mean, Carson Wentz couldn't do anything. Uh, he was sacked a whole bunch. Aiden Hutchinson with three sacks in this game. He was a monster, by the way. He is going to be a force in this league. Uh, for years to come, he was uh, playing his ass off, and really, he got hurt um, in the second half of this game. And I think that's what ended up helping Washington. I don't think it was the full story, but I think it, it, it helped Washington get their offense going. Uh, the second half of this game, Washington made a, a really, really big push. Carson Wentz over 350 yards alone in the second half and three touchdowns. Um, the offense picked it up. Jahan Dotson. Uh, with the score, Terry McLaurin got involved. Curtis Samuel again involved. I mean, those are three weapons that are going to be really pivotal and really the the um, shining light of this team. Uh, because I'll tell you what's not is the defense. I mean, from start to finish, the defense, could they couldn't get off the field, Sean. I mean, they could not get off the field. And this is against a Jared Goff-led Lions offense that had three of their starting offensive linemen out in this game. Um, they couldn't stop DeAndre Swift, who was... Uh, supposedly on a pitch count. Uh, he almost rushed for 100 yards on, like, five carries. I mean, he was just gashing them. Amon Ross St. Brown through the air was absolutely having himself a day. He's he's a star. Um, he's a, He is just a complete star. Uh, 116 yards and two touchdowns um, through the air for him. He also added uh, two rushes for 68 yards. So Amon Ross St. Brown just had himself a day. And Jared Goff, um, who I don't think is particularly good at all, had himself a really good day. Four touchdowns, 256. Washington's defense is just bad, man. They're just they're just bad. I mean, they're, they're a bottom defense in this league. And to be honest with you, I, I, I don't think as bad as they were on Sunday, that's what we're going to see week in and week out. Um, but the reality is, is the only way Washington are going to win games at this point are shootouts. Um, because the the fact of the matter is this defense can't get off the field. Um, the linebackers are, are so weak right now in, in, in every facet of the game. The secondary um, has been really bad. William Jackson's our second highest played. Uh, played um, let's go ahead and speak words here. William Jackson is our second highest paid player, um, and he has refused to be even adequate so far this year. He, he's just been bad. Um, Kendall Fuller is not playing well. I mean, and really, with Chase Young out and Cam Curl, who's been out, I mean, this defense has just been um, either ravaged with injury but just devoid of talent, to be honest with you. And really, the strength of this team is that defensive line. And when that defensive line 
is not getting back up uh, from linebackers when linebackers are not filling gaps and um, staying true to their technique and doing their job. What happens is, and it's a typical thing that happens on football teams, um, your defensive line then starts trying to make plays. They're over rushing and now no one's doing their job and now you're just getting gashed. Uh, so I'm really genuinely concerned, like, tremendously concerned about this defense. Um, the offense showed that when they got things rolling, they could they could roll, um, and they really did. And and you know Detroit were not changing anything defensively. Just the second half, they made adjustments and and they were making things happen. Carson Wentz to one backbreaking overthrow um, that was a tip pick. Um, that just kind of killed any any momentum in this game. But a lot of questions for Washington, man. Uh, whatever questions you had coming out of week week one where you felt like we could go in here and, and make a change and make some adjustments and, and come out and start start for the first time 2-0 and for a long time, um, you, you left Detroit with, with more questions um, than, than really uh, than, than they've had at any point so far this year. Um, for Detroit, though, like I said, Jared Goff had himself a day. Amon Ross St. Brown is just a star. And when DeAndre Swift is healthy, and honestly, even when he's not healthy, he's just he's just tremendous. I think the Lions are building something pretty good there. But it's just a really, really disappointing day, uh, Shawnee, to be honest with you, for the Commanders. Just a really bad showing. And uh, hopefully they get it together. I mean, they're going to need to. Um, you got a couple division games coming up in a row here that you got to start stacking wood. Um, but, yeah, I'm uh, I'm pretty concerned right now about my, uh, my Commanders, Shawnee. All right, well, at least you're not a Colts fan because the Colts went down Thank to God. Jacksonville and got the uh, got a big goose egg on the scoreboard. 24 to nothing win for Jacksonville over Indianapolis. Uh, is Frank Wright on the hot seat, Connor? Uh, you know, Shawnee, all I've ever really felt is Frank Reich is an amazing coach and Chris Ballard is an amazing GM. And that's just kind of all we've really said. I I'm done with that. At this point, yeah. At this point, yeah, the, 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 I'm sorry, man. The um, the oven's been turned on, and, and we're heating. We're heating up uh, officially. Um, did you know that the Colts have lost seven years in a row in Jacksonville? Yeah, remember uh, it was the last game of the season last year, and they just needed the win for the playoffs, and they got just destroyed. <laughs> they had no, no good moments in that game. Yeah, I remember that being a stat going into that game. I'm just I'm gonna need somebody from Colts land. I'm gonna need somebody from from Indianapolis that's plugged in or or somebody that knows what they're talking about to to fill in the gaps for me, because it just doesn't make sense how putridly bad this Colts team looks. They couldn't run the ball with Jonathan Taylor. Um, Matt Ryan Matt Ryan's just was awful. I mean he's been terrible this year. I mean he is a statue in the pocket. When a guy comes within 60 feet of him, he falls down. Um, he was just missing throws left and right. I mean, the entire operation looks completely broken. Um, I don't know what the deal with the Colts is. I don't know what the deal is. I have no idea what the fix is. Um, but all I was told by Jim Irsay, and clearly Jim Irsay is who he is, and, and people people have opinions on him, but the reality is, man, is you came out last year and you trashed Carson Wentz. I mean, you trashed Carson Wentz and really in a lot of ways blamed Carson Wentz for what happened at the end of the year in Jacksonville and, and, and for not making the playoffs and, and for falling on their face um, in, you know, a season where they felt like they had postseason aspirations. Um, look, the, the 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 sorrow that we have for, for the Colts fans and for the Colts organization and, and, and the uh, kind of the leeway we gave them when Andrew Luck kind of up and left on them and left them, you know, left them at the altar um, – it's gone now at this point. You've, you've had four years to try to figure out this quarterback situation, and you haven't. 
Uh, you thought it was Carson Wentz's problem, and you thought that bringing in Matt Ryan was was the answer, and it is so clearly not, at least through two weeks. Um, they should be embarrassed. They should be completely embarrassed. 24 nothing is completely embarrassing. On the other side, the Jags are, are doing something, man. And, Shawnee, I said to you, uh, when I was when when Jacksonville came and and opened uh, opened up the season in Washington, we, we came back and won that game. But in the locker room, you could just see on the players' eyes, you know, when, when we were just kind of in there and uh, they were talking to us, the media, and, and especially Marvin Jones and Christian Kirk, two guys who were really adamant. I, Josh Allen, we talked to as well, and he was saying that uh, they just were. Mad. I mean, they were so mad they ended up losing that game. Because they see themselves as winners and they just know what they have, and they felt like they they have much more talent on that roster um, than you know to finish with three wins, and they, they feel like they're building something special under there with Doug Peterson. So um, Christian Kirk is a star, um, and let's be clear here: I, I don't need to hear anyone else talk about his contract situation because he was paid a lot of money, and all he's done through two weeks is produce. I mean, he killed Washington week one, um, and he really picked up where he left off here. In week two with two touchdowns, seven, eight yards on six receptions. James Robinson with a touchdown, um, 64 yards on 23 um, 23 rushes. And Trevor Lawrence was good in this game. Not great, um, but definitely growing. And, and hopefully throughout the weeks you'll see him grow because that's really just the big thing for him. Two touchdowns, 235 uh, through the air for Jacksonville, who are now 1-1, one one, Shawnee. Yeah, it's going to make that uh, AFC South a really competitive division, um, especially if the Colts, who I think a lot of people had favorited, um, to win that division if they, if they can't step up and start winning games. All right, let's yep. go to the NFC South. Bucks at the Saints, 20-10 to 10 win for the Buccaneers. Took a while to get their offense started. What did you think in this game? Yeah, this game kind of sucked, Johnny, honestly. Like, I had red zone on. I was kind of keeping my eye on this game, too. I mean, this was just not a fun game at all. 3-3 three to three in the fourth quarter, really just not fun at all. Uh, Mike Evans ejected. Uh, we're going back in time because him and Marshawn Lattimore clearly just want each other dead. At this point, when they retire, they should probably just – you just put gloves on, man. Just go to the UFC and take care of business, would you? Um, but Mike Evans ejected. He'll be suspended this coming week. So there's another tool of Tom Brady's that's been pulled from the shed. Julio Jones out with an injury. Um, Chris Godwin was also out with an injury. Um, and, and I don't know. Brady hasn't looked very sharp. And the Buccaneers have not looked, I think, particularly sharp um, through two weeks so far. But he, but he found his groove a little late. Um, and that's really all she, all she wrote. And that's kind of all that matters here. Um, Jameis Winston with a three back-breaking interceptions. I don't, you know, I don't know why the Saints thought that, you know, running back again with Jameis Winston was going to produce any different results. Um, I've We've just kind of seen the song and dance. Jameis Winston's been in the league long enough. Like, we, we just kind of know where this, uh, this train is eventually going. Um, so, it, you know, I, 236, a touchdown and three picks through the air. Uh, Mark Ingram led the team with rushing. I mean, look at, listen to this, Johnny. Jameis Winston throwing picks. Joe Flacco leading the league in passing. Mark Ingram uh, leading the Saints in rushing, and uh, Randall Cobb receiving pass, you know, passes in Green Bay. It's like what what year are we in? I don't know what is going on. Like we're living in this weird dimension, um, but not really impressive. The only thing about the Saints that I think is incredibly redeeming is their defense. I mean, it's 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 no joke. I mean, that defense flies around and really made life hell for for Tom Brady, who was under pressure and kind of tossing off his back foot for most of the game. Um, when push came to shove, Bucks came to, came up and uh, made a few plays, and that was really all the difference there. Twenty to ten, the uh, Bucks win finally. Tom Brady wins in uh, in the Superdome, Shawnee. 
All right, yeah, big win. Uh, go, they go to 2-0 and on the year. Uh, the Buccaneers and the Saints fall to 1-1 and after getting that week one win in Atlanta. Okay, Panthers at the Giants. Connor, your Giants, 2-0 and on the year. Panthers fall to 0-2. Yeah, I know I said I like <laughs> when the Giants are good, but nah, I, I, I really do hate them. Um, this was another bad game. Um, Baker just can't really do anything. Um Matt Rule, I'm not going to lie to you. This, this feels like Matt Rule's season this year feels like Jay Gruden coming into his last year. Um, feels like Jeff Fisher coming into the final year with, with Jared Goff. It just kind of feels like this is an inevitable. Like, this really um, – this was a Matt Nagy situation last year. I, I think the ship has sailed, and quite frankly, um, I was surprised they didn't, they didn't part with uh, Matt Rule uh, last year. But Because I just don't know what the, what, the, what the Panthers are doing. I don't know what direction they're going in. I don't – I don't really see what they're what they're building. Um, I they're really just starting to really find themselves devoid of talent, um, especially defensively. Um, Baker can't really do anything, and the Giants just hung on. You know, the Giants were perfectly fine. Um, uh, Saquon Barkley came back down to earth a little bit um, this week on the stat sheet. Uh, he had 72 yards on 21 attempts. Daniel Jones. 176 through the air and a touchdown. Um, Christian McCaffrey was over 100 yards on the ground. So really, that's that's kind of the bread and butter for the Panthers. Um, but not really much more to say there. Uh, Panthers are 0 and 2, and the Giants hang on, and they are currently 2 and 0. Um, I'd have to look through the Giants' schedule. Something tells me that they have a little bit of an easier schedule coming up. Um, that if they can kind of stack some hay in the barn, you know, they'll be right up there with the Eagles in terms of leading this division. Um, but a couple divisional games. Actually, the Giants play Dallas coming up on, I believe it's Monday Night Football. I believe that's is, what's coming yeah. up this coming Monday Night Football. So that's going to be a really, really interesting game. And, and I think that's going to really determine kind of, hey, are, are the Giants for real? Or, or are they kind of just pitter-pattering around an easier schedule? So we'll see. But uh, Giants 2-0 and in uh, winning at home in MetLife. All right, my New England Patriots get the first win of the year, 17-14 to 14 in Pittsburgh over the Steelers. Uh, I'll just share my thoughts first, Connor, on Please this do. one since uh, we're talking about the Patriots. Offensive line looked a lot better, just way better. Mac Jones even said after the game that he was barely touched. Um, they did an excellent job uh, opening up the run game late in the game when we needed some uh, time to uh, come off the clock. Um, got some key first downs on the ground. Uh, it, it wasn't a perfect game for New England, but just a lot better up front um, for the offensive line. Um, I don't know if you remember, Connor, but our first-round draft pick this year was actually laughed at by Sean McVay because he was drafted out of Chattanooga uh, University. <laughs> uh, Cole Strange, I don't know if you yep. uh, recall that name. I He's do an need. offensive lineman. And uh, he had a fantastic game. I was watching some of his highlights on Facebook uh, the other day. And uh, it was just like a Telestrator highlight so you could see his blocking. And he, he had some really, really big blocks um, when we needed them late in the game to get some, uh, get some yards and wind down that clock. So much better for the Patriots. Still room to improve. Um, I think our offense can get a lot better. Um, but I like what I saw from the offensive line. And obviously um, our defense uh, only allowing 14 points. Uh, pretty good. Um, for the Steelers, I, I'm sure you're going to say the same. Mitch Trubisky is just not the solution there. Yeah, and I wouldn't be surprised in no the doubt. coming weeks if we start seeing Kenny Pickett um, filtered into games a little bit more, since he is he's more than likely, um, at least right now, going to be the future um, of the Pittsburgh offense. So uh, I think we'll start to see him a bit because Trubisky just he, he can't lead a team. Uh, he, he's not that type of quarterback. Yeah, he, he is. Uh, he, he's not good enough to be a starter. No, I'm right with you, Shawnee. I mean, that was my big takeaway. I think the thing that I circled with the uh, 
with the Patriots, at least offensively, good to see Mac Jones get back on the horse and, and, and sling the ball downfield. Nelson Aguilar with 110 yards and a touchdown, a crazy good touchdown, um, just right out of the book of Randy Moss um, on six receptions. So it's good to see him get involved downfield. Uh, he's honestly, it's so funny because with his time with the Eagles and then going to the Raiders, like his hands were such a big concern, but you never saw this kind of, so you, you saw flashes of it with the Raiders, but this kind of play like that, that big touchdown uh, down the right side of the field, his, his lone touchdown of the game was something that the Eagles drafted and just never got. So it's good to see him kind of tap into what we saw at, you know, from Nelson Aguilar in USC and, and good to see him translate that to the NFL. Um, yeah, no, I literally have my second note of this game, and I wrote this down as I watched this game, was we're on Kenny Pickett watch at this point. Uh, Mitch Trubisky just can't do it. Um, he just, he's just – he's not only not the answer, he just I, – I, I think the Steelers are at a point now, especially if, you know, if their, their defense – I know they're dealing with, you know, missing uh, T.J. Watt. Um, but if they can kind of hover here in, in a weak AFC North – um, where the Browns are struggling, the Bengals are struggling, and, and it's really just kind of you and the Ravens jousting. Um, you really are probably going to be looking at a QB change here a little sooner than later if they find themselves kind of tripping into a couple wins, um, and if their defense can kind of just keep you know keep these guys in ball games. Um, you'd have to imagine Kenny Pickett would give you something a little better than Mitch Trubisky. So I, that's what I have. Kenny Pickett watch. That's what I wrote down as I watched the game. So um, that's what I have there for you. But it's good to see the Steelers. Um, or it's good to see the Patriots get there. I get their win of the season in a, a Creature Stadium. It's just the worst. I mean, just call it Three Rivers. <laughs> like just a Creature Stadium. Like even if you want to do the bit like what well, like with the um, GEHA uh, did a partnership with that was the new stadium deal for the Kansas City Chiefs. Now the Chiefs are always known as Arrowhead, right? You don't say. G-E-H-A field. It's called G-E-H-A field at Arrowhead. So you can still call it Arrowhead. I don't know why they didn't say a creature stadium, you know, at Three Rivers, which is what it was before Heinz. Um, and you feel like it's just like, you know, that's an iconic name. It's like a creature. I, I, I can barely even... I can barely even <laughs> pronounce when I look. It's the weirdest word ever. Whoever came up with a company and named it a creature, just... You should probably... You should belong in one of the three rivers. That's that's really where you should be. Um, so, but wherever wherever the hell they want in, whatever stadium that is, the uh, Patriots come out 1-0 this weekend, Johnny. So, congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, I like to catch up better. All right. Uh, Falcons at Rams. Should have been an easy win for the Rams, but the Falcons kind of stormed back a little bit. Rams end up getting the 31-27 to victory. Falcons drop to 0-2. Rams improve to 1-1 and on the season. Your thoughts? <laughs> Dude, Sean, I'm not going to lie. If there was five minutes more added to this game, I think the Falcons win this game. Like, just in the second half, they were just better um, in, in all facets. Like, Marcus Mariota was kind of just – good like he, he was good like that that you know uh fourth down conversion i believe where he was rolling out and tripped and was really lying down doing the worm on the field and then he gets up with a guy running down to murder him and he just flicks the ball out to uh i believe it was a tight end in the flat um to get the first down i mean he he was running around slinging around um cordero patterson wasn't as productive on the ground but drake london man drake london's just again these rookie receivers they're stepping up and you know Jahan dotson and uh, Drake London, these guys are just stepping up and making plays. Garrett Wilson with the game-winning touchdown this week. Um, eight receptions, 86 yards, and a touchdown. Cooper Cup did exactly what he just is signed up to do. Two touchdowns, 108 yards on 11 receptions. Matt Stafford with three, three touchdowns through the air. They really just cooled off. And Again, man, I, I, I think they just... 
<laughs> I, I just think the Rams were, were lucky that there was not five more minutes on that clock because I really do think um, the Falcons were, were on their way um, to, to upsetting, you know, adding another upset or a comeback win uh, to the ledger this weekend. I, I do think that's a, that's a roster, uh, the, the Falcons um, are, are a roster that I think are devoid of talent. I think they're in a rebuild, to be totally honest with you. I just I don't think they see themselves in any other way. But clearly, Arthur Smith is, has got these guys believing in something because they've been fun to watch. I mean, through two weeks, they're 0-2, but they're fun to watch. They really are. Um, they've been enjoyable to watch. So, um, yeah, the Rams uh, survived that. I mean, can you imagine if the Rams lose two opening games <laughs> at home and they lose to the foul? I mean, that would have been bedlam. Um, in Los Angeles, um, I'm not sure how many people in LA actually care about football, um, but it would have been bedlam somewhere. Um, it would have been bedlam somewhere. But uh, yep, Rams hang on and win, and that's kind of all that matters in football, right? Exactly. All right, let's stay out west. Seahawks at the 49ers, 27 to seven win for the Niners, but it did come at a loss. Trey Lance broke his ankle out for the remainder of the season. Uh, you think they're a little glad they kept the grapple around right Isn't now? Isn't it so funny? Shawnee, to think that essentially for the better part of the offseason, all they wanted to do was just get rid of him. They just wanted him gone. They wanted him off the roster. They wanted him, most importantly, off the books. Um, and Jimmy G just kind of stayed along, right? He had that offseason shoulder surgery, and it felt like, all right, what's this going to look like? How, um, you know, how are we going to, you know, manage this? And what's the market value going to be? And who's going to trade for him? And then before you know it, all these other teams are just making moves. Washington for Carson Wentz and Denver for Russell Wilson. Before you know it, you know, Matt Ryan is going up to uh, Indianapolis and Marcus Mariota. It's like they're just getting filled and Baker Mayfield's out and Deshaun Watson's in and in, in Cleveland. Um, and then all of a sudden there was none, right? There was no spots for Jimmy G. And you're going, wait, uh, what are they going to do here? I mean, you can't cut them. There's way too much dead money involved. Um, so they, kind of were forced into signing, uh, you know, a reconstructed deal, uh, keeping him for a year. And would you believe the two weeks in, obviously, you know, in the sports realm, this is as sad as it gets, you know, a rookie quarterback in his, or not a rookie quarterback, a young quarterback coming in in his second year um, to take over a team and just has a gruesome broken ankle injury. Um, that obviously will end his season. Um, And you just hope it doesn't have any longer term ramifications, ramifications, just, given how he plays and what his style is um, in Trey Lance. But Jimmy G just stepped in and was productive and smooth and knew the offense, a touchdown, zero turnovers, 158 yards. Um, he just He's just there. I mean, Shawnee, I don't really care what people say. I, I think the 49ers just went from a, a trial year, uh, a, a growing year with Trey Lance to playoff contenders again. And now I know – I know what you're about to say. Wait, Connor, this offseason you said you, the, you would jump off a bridge if the commanders you know, went and got or traded for Jimmy Garoppolo. And yeah, that's true. I would. But he just knows the system well. And quite frankly, he's just going to use Debo Samuel the way Debo Samuel is, is meant to be used, especially in a running back room that is constantly hurt in San Francisco. He's just so comfortable with the offense. He knows Kyle Shannon. He knows how to run it. And you could see when he stepped in, he didn't miss a beat. Um, I think the 49ers are are, are – you know, I I think Trey Lance gave him a high ceiling, but I think the floor was much lower. I think the floor really just raised here with Jimmy Garoppolo stepping in. Um, and this is now his team. This guy is going to get so much money this offseason, uh, Shawnee. When this season is all said and done, this guy's just going to walk himself into $35 million a year. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo is the Kirk Cousins treatment of let me just waltz into humongous contracts. Um, 
for the Seahawks, you know, they're back down to earth a little bit. Geno Smith, not very impressive. Tyler Lockett, over 100 yards. Rashad Penny um, didn't do anything on the ground. So the Seahawks are, are really what we we thought they were, um, although week one was a key story. Um, 49ers uh, get the win. And uh, I listen, man, it's the Jimmy G train is here. It's here to stay. And, uh, I mean, again, I'd love to hear if you are a San Francisco fan, if you have a connection, if you know anything, or you, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this and, and kind of what emotions you guys are, are feeling out there. I know we have, um, we have, I, I have had a couple back and forth with some people um, on uh, our Instagram messages uh, with a couple San Fran fans. So I know we have a couple listeners, so I'd love to hear your thoughts on this um, just to get kind of a hometown perspective. But 27-7 to is a week two win for the 49ers, and that's uh, that's all you can ask for. So the Jimmy G train, it's here to stay, Shawnee. All right. I got to ask you this. Give it to me. Is it time to panic in Cincinnati? They lose 17-20. to against the Dallas Cowboys who do not have a starting quarterback. What what is going on in Cincinnati? Yeah, dude, I don't know what's going on in Cincinnati. I can't I can't understand it. I mean, it kind of does continue a little bit of a trend other than the Chiefs of you losing the Super Bowl and you just can't really get it back together again. Um, the Rams, I, I guess, are different, and obviously the Chiefs are different, but I, I swear anytime you lose in the Super Bowl, it just kind of seems to unfurl. Ask the Falcons <laughs> what, what that feels like. Dude, they cannot keep Joe Burrow safe. Like, I honestly, Joe Burrow at this point might die. Like, I, I, I he was getting hit. He was getting rushed. I mean, and, and this is coming off of, a, of you know, um, this is coming off a guy who, who had a, a torn ACL two years ago. Um, it just, I don't know. I, I mean, that is the number one, number two, and number three biggest priority is to protect Joe Burrow. Um, and this is, you know, these are... You know, this is the conversation we had, Penny Sewell or Jamar Chase, right? Now, you go with Jamar Chase there, and it's not a question. And honestly, he's arguably the best receiver in football, so you don't look back. But, you know, you passed on protecting Joe Burrow to go get yourself, you know, a receiver. And and you did, and it paid off. Um, But this is also the shortcoming of that is, you know, I don't know. I don't know who you can find on the scrap heap. To help you out, but at this point, whatever iteration of the offensive line, this is, um, this, the Bengals aren't going to have a chance. I mean, you you can't shine, you can't let Joe Burrow run for his life, and, and you're not going to get the most out of your tools if you can't keep him safe. Uh, for the Cowboys, Micah Parsons is unstoppable. I mean, he might be one of the best defenders in football. Like I, I at this point, you you might put him up there with Aaron Donald in terms of a guy who is just at least at this point through two games has just been under just unstoppable. Um, and Dallas just survived. That's just what they did. It's what their goal is. I said the season was over if Dak is out for six weeks, and um, it looks like that timetable might be moving. I don't know. It's very unclear. I, I can't really tell you, or, or I, I can't really trust what's coming out of Jerry Jones's mouth because I just don't know what's <laughs> spinning, and I don't know what it's, he's trying to sell uh, tickets. Dr. Jerry Jones. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. Like <laughs> yeah, DPT, Der- Jerry Jones. Um, but – I'll be honest with you. I don't. I don't really know much about the Dak situation. But look, each week you go in, you try to go one and zero. And Cooper Rush currently two and zero in two starts, so that is not bad. And again, um, he'll face a Giants team that I think is average at best, and uh, he has a he has a chance to get Dallas to a winning record, which would which would be something um, through three weeks. But we'll see, man. We'll see. I mean, for the Bengals, oh God have mercy. I don't. I don't know where you go. I don't know where you go. But it starts with that offensive line. It ends with that offensive line because they are. Bad, Shawnee. 
Yeah, it, it was almost a game that was frustrating to watch because it was. <laughs> you were like, just just protect him. Yeah. I think I saw something. He was sacked four times in the first quarter and a half or so. I mean, it was just yeah. insane. The guy it could was. not get rid of the ball. Um, his his offensive line was terrible. Terrible. All right. This is another kind of a head scratcher. Uh, the Broncos get the win in Denver, but it was only 16 to 9 win over the Texans. And correct me if I'm wrong, they were down for most of the game. Yeah. Um, they kind of had a late surge that gave them the win. Yeah. What are your thoughts on Denver and just this game? It was a terrible game, and Davis Mills had a bad game, and the Texans kind of are what we thought they are, just bad. Um, this was another really bad game from Nathaniel Hackett, Shawnee. Like, I don't know what's going on with Denver. It's it's a weird it's a weird thing because I, I, I can't really say I've seen this with other teams. Um with Washington, with teams that struggle, like it's it's a personnel thing. It's a situation where, oh, we have some injuries on this side and we just don't have the guys. Or maybe we just misevaluated talent. So far through two weeks, the Broncos like look unprepared. Like I can't I can't put my put my finger on it specifically. Like Nathaniel Hackett just doesn't look like he belongs in a head coaching role yet. Like not that he is is never gonna be a good head coach, not that he shouldn't ever be a head coach but it look the, the the scene looks a little too big for him right now to be honest with you the timing is off the there's just weird they don't look ready there's delay of game penalties there's false starts there's confusion the timeout situation the really weird calls the weird challenges like just weird situations where Nathaniel Hackett is clearly clearly settling into the role um but it's been a terrible start for him Russell Wilson has not looked good uh John two weeks the Two bad weeks. I think Russell Wilson just has not looked good. Now, he eventually kind of made a couple couple throws down the stretch. And, and again, in, in a game where you're not playing a great team and you're kind of just trying to figure it out um, and just make something happen, that's all that matters. Um, but you had – it was 3-3 at the end of one, then 6-6 at halftime, and then 9-6 in the third quarter. And the Broncos scored 10 points in the fourth quarter to uh, make it a game. Uh, Cortland Sutton, 122 yards to the air on seven receptions. He kind of got himself back on a roll in a way that we expected. But I, I don't know. Maybe they get it together. Maybe it's just a rocky start for the Broncos. I can't make sense of it, though. Nathaniel Hackett does not look good, and Russell Wilson has just looked all over the place. Um, kind of inaccurate. like Inaccurate in a way that I, I didn't I didn't really expect to see. But we'll see, man. We'll see. Uh, they got a win at home, which is good. But, I mean, halftime, the fans were just raining in the booze. Um, in Denver, which, you know, you're, I, I never thought Denver is a place with the passionate booing fans. Um, but, uh, but that, that's, that's all she wrote 16 to nine. They, they got the win, which is all that matters, but not in a pretty way. So hopefully they can figure it out because they came into the season as kind of Super Bowl favorites or not favorites, excuse me, uh, but at least playoff contenders and, 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 and Super Bowl contenders in a lot of ways, just with the skills that they have on both the offense and defense. But so far, um, very, very rocky. Um, for the Denver Broncos. All right, let's go out to Vegas. The Cardinals visited the Raiders uh, for the Raiders' first home game of the season, and the Raiders ended up blowing a big lead. They lost 23-29 to in overtime against the Cardinals. Uh, your thoughts on this one? This was kind of a crazy game, and just your thoughts on the Raiders starting 0-2 on the season. Oh, it's just, And it's the worst way to start 0-2. I mean, 20 to nothing, you had the lead. You really could have put it on cruise control. And then all of a sudden, the offense is just starting to sputter, right? Devontae Adams did not get targeted much in this game. I think he had two catches. I know he had a touchdown. 
But I think he had like two catches for like 12 or 13 yards, something stupid, something irresponsible, quite frankly. You, you should just be force-feeding him uh, all day long. Derek Carr was fine in this game, 250 and two touchdowns. Uh, Josh Jacobs couldn't really get it going on the ground. I mean, the Raiders are struggling to run the ball, to be honest with you, and I think that's what's making their offense one-dimensional. Uh, and eventually, really, I think that that's what has led to, to their struggles. Um, second half, the the Cardinals were able to get it going. Um, this is kind of the Kyler Murray experience, man. You, you get these good games. You get these bad games. You get these weird, uh, ugly performances. Um, after the game, he had a really insufferable quote, like a really, like, uh, annoying, like, arrogant. Like, he, I believe at the end of the game, I don't have the quote in front of me. I should probably pull it up. Um, but he said something at the end of the game along the lines of, you know, I, I just knew when we got, like, you know, by the fourth quarter, I, ju- I just had to take over the game. I was like, um, really, dude? Really? Like, okay. All right. Sounds good, I guess. I, I guess you decided in the first three quarters you didn't have to take over a game at all. But the fourth quarter, you – okay. Sounds good, Kyler. Awesome. That makes you very likable. Um it was a Kyler Murray experience. So, I mean, he had some tremendous plays in this game. Sean, correct me if, if I'm wrong. Was it like 20 seconds he had on, I believe it was a two-point conversion or a fourth and goal where he's just literally Madden-esque running around in circles for 20 seconds before he kind of trots his way into the end zone. Um, I believe it was a touchdown run on a, on a fourth and goal. I, I, can't, I can't really recall. Um, it was a crazy game, man. It was a crazy game. It was a crazy comeback. Um, for Cliff Kingsbury, this was was big. You start 0-2, uh, there are some severe questions coming your way, especially when the GM, head coach, and starting quarterback all get huge extensions this offseason. Um, the Cardinals haven't looked great, man. I'm not going to lie to you. I mean, you, you win in overtime and, and on a fumble. Hunter Renfro, by the way, fumbling twice in overtime. Like I'm like, bro, what are you even doing? Um, it was uh, it was an amazing. Marlon Humphrey picked it up and, and, and uh, ran it back for – uh, for a, a walk-off touchdown, but um, I, I don't know, Shawnee. I, I don't, I don't trust either of these teams. And um, the Raiders under Josh McDaniels, not a great start at zero and two. Not a great start at all. Um, you go out and get Devontae Adams, and you feel like, yep, this is our addition. This is we were playoff contenders last year. We're only getting better. Um, not a great start. Not a great start for them. So we'll see what week three has to offer. But for the Cardinals and Raiders, both a lot of questions coming out of uh, coming out of week week two. All right, let's go to the Sunday night game, and that was the Bears at the Packers. Uh, good bounce back win for Green Bay, 27-10 win over their bitter rivals. Your thoughts on this one? Yeah, this was very, very much expected, right? <laughs> like Aaron Rodgers losing week one, inevitable. Aaron Rodgers destroying his opponent in week two, also inevitable. Justin Fields... Shawnee had seven completions for 70 yards in this game. Seven completions for 70 yards. They could not do anything at all. David Montgomery was the only person that wanted to gain any yards uh, for the Bears. 122 yards on the ground on 15 attempts. Um, But that's all she wrote, man. The Bears just had no answers. Aaron Rodgers was kind of coasting up and down the field. Um, Bears, man. Yikes, 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 yikes. I don't really know what to tell you, but I mean... Justin Fields coming in, this is his now, what, second year? And 
supposed to feel good and this has got to be you know this is the the moment the year he takes over and takes that next step it's like this was not a weather game this he had more he had more passing yards in a monsoon week one than he did in perfect weather in green bay uh week two i mean can't even get i mean 70 yards on seven completions is so so bad so bears get absolutely curb stomped uh packers go to one and one um kind of what we expected johnny to be honest with you yeah, absolutely. Another game that we kind of expected to go the same way was the first Monday night game, um, although it, it got a little bit uh, more wide open than I think we thought. A 41-7 win for the 2-0 and Buffalo Bills against the now 0-2 Tennessee Titans. Uh, not going as they wanted down in Tennessee. And if you're Buffalo, I, I think you're everybody's Super Bowl favorite at this point. Yeah, and, and it's, it's almost like it's – the Bills are the Super Bowl favorite, but there's now just a gap between one and two at this point, right? Josh Allen, four touchdowns, 317 through the air. Um, Stephon Diggs, three touchdowns, 148 yards, 12 receptions. Uh, the the Bills benched their starters like at the end, uh, towards the end of the third quarter. Like, honestly, Shawnee, they, they could have put up 60. Like, I, I really think if they wanted to, they could have put up 60 on the Titans, who, who literally just didn't get off the bus. Um, Ryan Tannehill was bad. Uh, the offensive line was bad. The defense couldn't really stop anybody. They couldn't get, uh, they couldn't get the, the you know any sort of rushing attack going in any capacity. Uh, Derrick Henry could not get going. Uh, Haskins on the ground couldn't get going. Um, Traylon Burks of four receptions, forty-seven yards. I mean, just nothing went well um, for the Titans. And, and even worse, they pulled Ryan Tannehill and tossed um, Malik Willis, rookie to the wolves week two i just this is just the worst idea ever it's like what good could possibly come of this um and it didn't he fumbled the ball he looked terrible he was getting whacked around it was just an embarrassing performance uh really an embarrassing performance for uh, a team who last year won the afc like won the afc this is a first round by home playoff game team um, who loses to the Bengals and uh, are currently 0-2 and, and do not look good at all, losing to the Giants and losing to the Bills. So they've got some serious uh, questions that need answered um, by the time they step on the field week three. The Titans just got destroyed by uh, definitely the Super Bowl favorites at this point. Yeah, it's going to be interesting, that AFC South, how that plays out. All right, Vikings really visiting Philadelphia to take on the Eagles. 24-7 to win for Philadelphia, who are now 2-0. and uh, they share the division lead with the New York Giants, and the Vikings fall to one and one. Your thoughts on this one, Connor? Yeah, I just hate the Eagles so much. I hated watching this. Um, but Jalen Hurts, I, I, he's he's changing minds, Johnny. He's changing minds one week at a time. I, I will say I'm not fully bought in quite yet. I'm not fully bought in quite yet. And this is going to sound like a hater take. I'm sorry. I don't really care what you think. It's going to sound like I'm hating. I think a lot of this game, offensively for the Eagles, who found some success. Really, I think it had more to do with the fact that the Vikings defense was completely inept. Um, there was an interesting stat, Shawnee, that I do have to pull up that I thought was was pretty fascinating um, to see here. Um, I want to see where it was. Um, if you, I'm, I'm going to keep scrolling up, but uh, let me see if I can find this here. But it was an interesting stat in regards to how just how bad the Vikings defense was. Um, and now, okay, here we go. Um, Jalen Hurts, right? This is uh, Kevin Seifert on Twitter. This is um, an interesting next-gen stat. Jalen Hurts threw a career-low 3% of his passes into tight windows. The tight windows are less than a yard of separation. 
His targets averaged 4.2 yards of separation um, per throw. Um, that's unbelievable. Like, that's unbelievable to think that 97% of your passes that you're throwing are to receivers that have four yards or more of separation. Um, now, that stat might sound boring to you guys. That might sound like, wait, what does that have to do with anything? That's seven-on-seven seven football right there. Like, that's literally flag football-esque pitch and catch. It's not to take away from what Jalen Hurts can do. And it really speaks to what Nick Sirianni is doing up um, in Philadelphia. The, the offense was just timing. It got him on a rhythm. And that's the biggest part with getting quarterbacks going. You get them in a rhythm. You get the ball out of his hand quick. And that's what they did to start this game. Gave him confidence. Um, and he took it from there. He really did take it from there. Um, the Vikings defense was so bad. That, I mean, the defensive line was getting destroyed. Their offensive line was bad. Um, the Vikings were. Kirk Cousins had a one of the worst games I've ever watched Kirk Cousins play. And and I have watched Kirk Cousins since he was drafted here in Washington in 2012. Um, that was one of the worst games I've ever watched him play. Um, he was completely flustered, back foot throwing, um, running for his life. Um, they couldn't get the ground going. Uh, they couldn't get any receivers going. Justin Jefferson couldn't really get going in any capacity. Um, it was just it was just a, a night to forget for the Eagles or for the Vikings rather. On the other side, the Eagles three thirty three and a touchdown for Jalen Hurts. Um, Miles Sanders was able to run, and this is this is the bread and butter for the Eagles, man. And this is what makes me so worried about this Sunday for my Washington Commanders. The Eagles can run the ball. They can run the ball, and they can run the ball really, really well with a stout offensive line, and it takes the pressure off of Jalen Hurts, and it allows him to get creative. It allows him to take the ball and get creative, um, and he really just took advantage of it in a, in a real blowout win. 24-7, to quite frankly, was the score, but it could have been more. Um, the Vikings had no shot in this, Sean. It was, it was really embarrassing to watch. But um, I hate the Eagles, but hey, man, 2-0, clear division favorites at this point. Um, I definitely underestimated them coming into the year. I still don't fully buy in on them. I still don't. Um, but through two weeks, I, I've been proven wrong. And, I, God, I'm about to be proven even more wrong this Sunday when they come in and just absolutely – Take the commanders uh, to the back of the barn and hit us in the head with a two-by-four, but that's okay. <laughs> All right, let's move on uh, to week three. So we're going to make our predictions here. So let's uh, let's move as quickly as possible here, Connor. Let's do it. Because we're coming up on a little – right around an hour on the podcast. All right, Thursday night football. So that will be tonight as you listen to this uh, podcast. Steelers at the Browns. Who do you have? Uh, I'll take the Steelers in this one. Um, I – I don't really know why I'm taking the Steelers. I I'll take the Steelers in this one though. Um, I I, I just I I don't know about the Browns, man. I don't. I, and I think the Steelers' defense is good enough, so I'll take the Steelers in this one, Shawnee. I'll go with the Browns um, in this one. I think uh, the Cleveland gets it done at home. Yep. All right, Saints at the Panthers. One and one Saints. Zero and two Panthers. This is Sunday, one o'clock. Your thought or your your prediction? Yeah, we'll take the Saints in this one. I think their defense is just good, and I I've seen nothing from the Panthers to make me feel like. Yeah, you guys are capable of doing much of anything. I agree with you. I'm going to go with the Saints as well. All right, another Sunday 1 o'clock game. We have the 0-1-1 Texans traveling to Chicago to take on the 1-1 and Bears. Who do you have? Oh, this game is going to be so awful, Shawnee. Uh, I'll take the Texans. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm going to go with Chicago. Okay. I'm going to say the Bears win this one at home. All right, uh, ooh, this could be ugly for the Ch- or for the Colts, rather. Uh, they're 0-1-1, and, and they have to host the 2-0 Kansas City Chiefs. Who do you think is going to win this one? How are the Chiefs? The Chiefs are five-and-a-half-point favorites, 
I mean that that number should be infinite. Like that number should be like <laughs> that's right. It should just have an infinity sign. Um, the the Chiefs. I, I think the real question, Shawnee, you should be asking is not will the Chiefs or Colts win this. It should be are the Chiefs going to bench their starters by halftime? Yeah, Chiefs are winning this. All right, I'll go on. I'll go on the uh, over for halftime benching. All right, uh, <laughs> probably arguably the game of the week. It's a one o'clock Sunday game. Bills at the Dolphins. Both teams two and zero. It's the first time they're meeting. Uh, this one's going to be fun. Who do you have in this one? I'm still taking the Bills. Um, it is going to be really fun. Um, and who would have known that Bills and Dolphins? If you said this like six or seven years ago, yeah, yeah the Bills and Dolphins. That's going to be a marquee matchup. You're like, what? Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm going to take the, um, I'm going to take the bills in this one, Shawnee. They're just, they're a team that you pick and you probably take the over for the the rest of time. Yeah. I, I'm going to go with the bills as well. I would not be surprised if we see, if we see Miami pull it out. I think it's a shootout regardless. I know I, deep I down you want to take those upper. Florida fins, don't you? I know I do, but I'm going to go with Buffalo. I, I just think they're the better team. Um, but no, this is definitely going to be a shootout. I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see the score. Um, both teams getting in the upper 30s, if not low 40s yep. um, for total points. I, I think it's going to be a shootout. All right, Lions at the Vikings. Both teams one and one. This is a one o'clock game on Sunday. Who do you have? I think the Vikings will get it together and win this one. Um, I think they're they're not – listen, I don't think the Vikings are as good as we saw week one. I don't think they're as bad as what we saw week two. I think they're somewhere in the middle. Um, but I just think they're better than the Lions. I just – I think they are. So um, I'll go ahead and take the Vikes here. I hope they don't prove me wrong because the Lions have some, some spunk to them. But uh, I'll take the Vikes there, Shawnee, at home. I'm going to go with Minnesota as well. I like the Vikings in this one. Yep. All right, Ravens heading up to Foxborough to take on my Patriots. Both teams one and one Sunday, 1 o'clock. Who do you have? Sorry, Shawnee. I'm taking the Ravens in this one. They are, oh. what are we, three? Is it? Are they three-point favorites here? I can't tell. It wasn't loading. Um, I, do you have the line in front of you? Are they favorites to win this one? I know they're favorited. Um, I don't know the line, but I saw today. I think they're fifty-eight percent chance of winning on okay. NFL.com. Yep. Yeah. It looks like the maybe. yeah. It looks like the three-point favorites uh, over under set at forty-three and a half. Yeah, I'll take the uh, the Ravens here, Shawnee. All right. Well, I'm gonna have to disagree. I'll go with the Patriots. <laughs> Let's go, New England. Homer. All right. Uh, okay. So fair enough to say this about this matchup. If the Bengals lose this one, which they did lose the exact same matchup last year, if they lose this one, they're in New York against the Jets. I think it's officially panic time in Cincinnati. 100%. 0-2, uh, if, it, if it isn't already, 0-2 Bengals in New York slash New Jersey, whatever you want to call it, taking on the Jets who are 1-1. One one. This is another Sunday 1 o'clock game. Who do you have? Yeah, I'm going to take the Bengals here. I think they just have to. I, I just I think they're too good to not to, to start 0-3. I mean, they've lost two pretty ugly ones here. Um, pretty. They've lost two terribly ugly games. Um, they cannot lose to Joe Flacco because if they do, they should probably be dismembered as a team. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to go with the Jets. I think the Jets win. <laughs> Man, so I, you I are full-fledged. Cincinnati will be on fire by next Monday. I, I think they will be. Yeah, I, th- I think the city of Cincinnati has some issues coming towards it. <laughs> and it's not just the Reds. Aww, right, they don't uh, deserve Raiders. that. They're poor Cincinnati. <laughs> <laughs> Raiders at the Titans. I think we can call this the make or break game of the season. Both teams or of of the week. My my bad. Both teams zero and two. Um, yeah. I mean, so both teams have to win this one, but only one will. Who do you yeah. have? I'll take the Raiders, Shawnee. Uh, I you're right. One of these teams is taking the exit ramp. Right. One of them is going to stay on the highway. Uh, highway to. Uh, you know, to the long road, uh, and the other is taking the exit ramp, and the exit ramp will go 
up the exit like it's going to a bypass, but it has a little ramp, like an actual ramp where it just shoots off a cliff. <laughs> um, so I, I hate to say it. I think Ryan Daniel is uh, going to be driving that car off the ramp. I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to say the Raiders <laughs> get this. I think uh, Josh McDaniels gets his first win as head coach. Yep. All right. Here we go, Connor. Eagles at Commanders. You, you got to pick your Commanders, right? Yeah. <laughs> I can't, Sean. I can't. I want to. Oh, wow. I can't. No, dude. Oh, I can't do it. It's too early for this. Yeah, I can't do it. The Eagles are going to literally come in, and they're going to break their foot over our ass. Um, it's going to be <laughs> so bad, dude. I think they're six-and-a-half-point favorites at this point, which, you know, FedEx Field, you don't get a the, – the betting lines are, if, to my understanding, is if you're the home team, most times the home team gets that three-point kind of bump. Um, you'll get, a, like, a three-point advantage. That's how the odds makers make it. Um, the commanders skins have never had that. Um, they're six and a half point, uh, underdogs. And quite frankly, that line has moved from four and a half to six and a half. And I would not be surprised if that works this way to eight and a half. Um, yeah, they're, they're going to kill us. I think I hate to say it. I mean, just the way the Eagles are built is the antithesis of how Washington is built. Um, they run the ball well and they can tempo on offense and just make moves. Um, and Washington just, our defense is terrible. So I hate to say it, man. The Eagles are, uh, Eagles are probably going to murder us, and I'm going to be front row to watch it. So, back to you, Sean. There you go. You know, I, I'm going to I'm going to be nice to you. I'm going to be a good friend, and I'm going to pick the Commanders. I'm You're such Washington a good wins. guy. <laughs> I know. Thanks. Sean. All right, uh, bounce back game for the Chargers. Most likely, they host the Jaguars 4:05 on Sunday. Both teams one and one. You think the Chargers get this done at home? Yeah, I think the Chargers get this done. I mean, they they've shown enough now through two weeks where I think they uh, they they they're just offensive. It's just so good um and jacksonville are just a young defense so i think are, are slowly figuring it out um wouldn't be surprised this is kind of a fun little shootout but um but i, I think this one's going to be a chargers win yeah i'm gonna go with the chargers as well all right rams at cardinals first time these two teams are matching up in the season both teams one and one it is in arizona 425 on Sunday. Who do you have? Yeah, this is going to be a good game, Shawnee, because I think it's two teams that have clearly not lived up to expectations in the first two weeks, and, and I think it's it's going to be a clash here. Um, I'll go ahead and take the Rams in this one. Um, I think the Rams through two games, obviously getting destroyed week one, not great, and then week two, almost, almost you know, soiling yourself against uh, the Falcons. But I think they'll eventually get it together. Um, Cooper Cup just does what he needs to do. Matt Stafford kind of always trips his way into 300 yards. Um, but we'll see. I'll, I'll take the Rams in this one. I agree. I'm going to go with the Rams uh, as well. But I would not be surprised if we see the Cardinals uh, get the win as well. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, probably the matchup everybody's going to be watching. Falcons at the Seahawks. Falcons 0-2. Seahawks 1-1. One one. That was sarcasm, by the way, if you didn't catch that. I was going to say, I'm, I'm not sure if uh, a person will be watching. <laughs> <laughs> all right all right for the uh the watchless audience who do you have uh i will go ahead i think this is like a pick em game uh this is like a 50 50 because both of these teams i think are bad i'll take the falcons getting their first win um in uh in seattle shawnee i like that you know i wanted to pick the falcons but i'm gonna differ from you okay i'm gonna go with the seahawks but i, I think you're right it is a pick em game yeah um here's a really good one 425 on sunday Packers at the Bucks. Packers one and one had a good rebound game last week on uh, Sunday Night Football, and then the Buccaneers two and zero. Mentioned earlier, Tom Brady not looking exactly sharp or exactly as sharp as he was last year. Um, but this is the first time the Bucks are going to be down in Tampa this year. So, uh, who do you have in this one? 
I will go ahead and take the Packers here, Shawnee. I love Ooh. both of these teams. I have such great affinity for the Packers. I have always had affinity for the Buccaneers, and I love Tampa, and Florida's a great state. Um, I'm going to take the Packers here because I just think the the, the Buccaneers just – they've never been able the last two years to stay healthy in any capacity. It's the offensive line. It's Chris Godwin. Now it's Julio Jones who's hurt. By the way, it's big giant spoiler alert. Julio Jones is hurt. Um Mike Evans will be suspended this week, so I just think the amount of tools that are that are out of Brady's, uh, you know, out of Brady's toolbox is just going to hurt him um, just enough. Um, I think the Packers are going to win this one in Raymond James. I'm going to say the Bucks. I'm going to go I like Tampa it. gets the win. All right, uh, Sunday night football, eight twenty on Sunday night. Obviously, Sunday night football. All right, really good one. 49ers at the Broncos. Both teams one and one. Who do you have? Yeah, this will be a good one. Shawnee, I will go ahead and take the 49ers here. I think the 49ers are going to win this one. Um, I think Jimmy Garoppolo is going to step in, and and I think he's going to start winning the way they did last year. Kind of these these funky, not really high scoring. You run the ball really well. You you run down a defense, and I've seen nothing from the Broncos to make me think, like, oh, yeah, week three, they're just going to be better, and Nathaniel Hackett's going to get it all together, and Russell Wilson's going to be super accurate and throw for 350 yards. Um, Hope I'm wrong, but I – don't think that's going to be the case. I'll take the 49ers here, Shawnee. I'm going to go with the Niners as well. I like them in this game. Uh, Broncos have not looked good so far this, e- this season. Yeah, no doubt. All right, Monday night football, 8-15 on Monday. Cowboys at the Giants. Cowboys 1-1, one and one. impressive home win last week. And the Giants, surprising 2-0. and oh. Who do you have in this one? Shawnee, I am going to take the Oh, no, Sean. I don't know what to do. I hate, why not, I hate them both. Why not I go first? You go first. I hate them both so much. I'm decisive on this one. I'm going to go with the Giants. Adam. No. See, I like that. I, you know, I'm going to differ with you. I'll go with Dallas because I wanted to say the Giants, but I don't know. I I, I, I don't know. I don't, I, this is this is another toss-up game. The Giants are like one. I, I don't. I can't really make, make sense of this one. I think the Giants are, are favored by a point or something like that. Again, this is basically a pick em game. Um I'll go with Dallas to differ from you. I'll go with Dallas here, and uh, we'll just see. I, I can't, I, I can't really give you a good breakdown of Dallas with Cooper Rush. Uh, I think Michael Gallup is trying to play in this game, so that'll be a huge tool ba- back for him, uh, or for Cooper Rush rather. Um, so we'll see. I'll take Dallas in this one, Shawnee. I like it. All right, man. That is week three. Week, week three already. That's crazy. Dude, it's week insane. Three. It's insane. It's insane. Um, what's your setup this weekend? What are you going to be doing? Uh, I, unfortunately, this weekend have to work. Last weekend, I told you I had to work. I ended up not having to oh, work. Oh, that's right. So I could have gone over, but I know uh, I know you had some stuff that you had to take care of. Yeah, but I did. We're definitely going to have a little, uh, what do we want to call it, a little grub-eating Football oh, yeah. watching Sunday date at your house. I love Sunday dates with Sean, but definitely carbohydrate laden. <laughs> um, it's my favorite. I think my favorite time ever seeing you is when you knocked on my door and you brought in like, what did you bring? You came in with two large McDonald's Cokes and, and like two mm-hmm. Big Macs or something. I was like, God, I just, I love you so much. Uh, so, so we'll do that one week, but I will be, yeah, I'll be a FedEx watching the bloodletting that will be happening to my Washington commanders. Um, so yeah, that should be interesting. But uh, you're working. Will you be catching the one o'clock games tail end? What's your work schedule time wise look like? I, I work from home on the weekend, so I'll be okay. able to uh, I'll be able to watch the games. I you know when I say work, I you got to put it in the quotes. Ah, know, true. Work. Uh, True. Mostly watch football and occasionally look. Paid at to move your mouse there. and keep the uh, active button green. <laughs> exactly. Yep. Yep. I don't have the fan that twists from side to side that you can like 
tie a string on your mouse to keep the mouse moving. <laughs> so I actually have to manually touch it. So it's you, you, know, tie, you should tie the mouse. You should tie the mouse to a little thread and just tie it up to one of your fish. So whenever your fish move around, the whole right, tank, yeah. it'll just kind of drag it around That's with right, you. Yeah. yeah, I love hearing when people tell me they work from home. I'm like, do you really though? Do you really work? Are you sure that you work? Um, the answer is no. The answer is absolutely hell no. Um, because I can tell you that because I worked from home once and I didn't do any work. Uh, anyway, uh, before uh, <laughs> before I self-incriminate myself with former employees any further, uh, Shawnee, I'm excited. This is going to be a great week. Um, really looking forward to, to next week as always. Um, have a great weekend. Enjoy. Uh, keep up the freaking awesome work on the Instagram. Uh, Sean's content is just amazing, so continue to follow at after further review pod on Instagram. Um, and uh, that that is all she wrote, right, Sean? Am I missing anything? That's it, man. All right, Until brother. next week. Great to hear you, man. Thanks so much for joining us, buddy. Thanks. We will catch you all next week. I will be back for week three, and uh, so will Shawnee. So we'll be back for week three recap on all you need to know around the NFL. But for now, you all have a great weekend. Enjoy the weekend of football and Thursday Night Football tonight. We'll see you all next week. And as always, I will catch you guys on the other side. Thank you.